Good to have you back with us. Yet another edition of Death, Taxes, and Duval alongside Hayes Carline. My name is Rick Ballou. An exciting week in Canton. Perhaps an even more exciting practice Sunday in Jacksonville. It continued yesterday on Monday where they got back in pads for the fourth time. So the Jaguars now uh, really doing a lot of impressive things. And, of course, we wait for Friday night, Game 2, Cleveland in town, the home opener for Jacksonville. First things first, though, Hayes, let's say hello to our sponsor. Yeah, appreciate Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. I've known John since high school. Great guy, great football player. Uh, went on to, to play at Notre Dame and uh, has done a great job in the insurance uh, industry and, and can really help you with your car insurance. If if you haven't looked at your policy in a while, have John give it a look. Uh, make sure you're paying for the right things. Make sure you're paying the right amount. That's the biggest thing. Uh, he can really help you with that. He can save you a lot of money. He saved me a lot of money. Uh, give John a call at 471-7155. Again, 471-7155. Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. Don't want to dwell too much on their, you know, the first preseason game of the year uh, because, what, 23 players were held out, but you know, let's talk a little bit about Luke Fortner and Walker Little. Two-fifths of that offensive line did get an opportunity to play. Uh, you know, I, I, I think we saw some good things, but it, for me it's hard to tell when you don't have the starting offensive line out there. And, and Hayes, I talked to those two, you know, both of them in the locker room uh, after the game. What were your thoughts on what you saw with those two players? You know, it was it was to me it was hard to notice anything positive because the offense was – you know, so stagnant and it's just, it's hard to uh, imagine that, you know, the guys played fen- phenomenal when the offense as a whole struggled as much as it did. So, uh, you know, I, I sort of leaned on what Doug and, and Press Taylor told us uh, once, you know, we were back in uh, Jacksonville and they'd had a chance to review everything and it, you know, it seems like the the reviews are very positive. So uh, Walker Little, I think, continued the momentum. He was very impressive in, in one-on-ones yesterday against Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that it's good. They got up to speed. Uh, you know, they got a little more acclimated Fortner. It didn't seem like there was any real assignment breakdowns. It, it, it felt like Fortner knew, you know, what, where to go and, and things like that. You didn't see a lot of guys flying unblocked up the middle. Uh, so that, I think that's a credit to his, uh, you know, ability to process communicate. Uh, you know, so it, it seems like they're very encouraged by both players and, uh, you know, and again, they still have a month to, to get fully ready before the opener, assuming Walker Little ends up winning the right tackle job. And you'd have to give him, a, I think, a pretty serious nod right now. Uh, Jawan Taylor just getting back from the injury. So they're platooning. But, Rick, I would, I would think based on what we've seen out of Walker Little, it's, it, to me, it's, it's time. It's time to give him a chance. We, we know what Jawan Taylor is. Let's give Walker Little a chance and, and see if he can run with it. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting because there's, let's face it, there's far too many questions uh, than there are answers right now on this football team. I think there's a lot of positives, and I I think there's a lot of situations where things really could move forward as an organization. But as far as I'm concerned, it all starts with that offensive line. That's what it's all about. Uh, We noticed yesterday that an 11-on-11s and 7-on-7s, even in goal line, that if you give – Trevor Lawrence time he is going to complete passes and he did so a day ago with a variety of different routes it's obvious that he is improving Uh, there's no doubt if you can run the football it it changes the entire complexion of your offense but to me it's those front five 
And, you know, I, I, I want to sit here and say it's going to gel. It's going to come together. But let's face the facts here. You're starting a center who's a rookie. You got a left guard who's been in the league now for nine years. He's played all over, but he's been primarily a center. And then you go to Walker Little, who's a right tackle. So that means when you open up in D.C., you're going to have three guys starting in the NFL at positions they never started at before. Walker Little, of course, did get three starts a year ago at left tackle. And then you take a former member of the team in Washington and put him at right guard. He may be your best player, but still that's four new offensive linemen to begin the season in the NFL. That's why again, Hayes, I think this is what it's all about. The offensive line, if it comes together, it could be the difference of, you know, eight wins, nine wins, or it could be unfortunately what the Jaguars have seen the last couple of seasons. Yeah, it's a great point. I, I like Phil Rauscher. I like the job he's doing as the offensive line coach. I, I'll say this, you know, Cam Robinson appears to be at his best. Now, that won't mean anything until we see him block a commander on September 11th. But, uh, but I mean, he has just been awesome in the one-on-ones and, uh, and certainly appears like he's played well in, in team as well. So if Cam Robinson has a career year, uh, if Luke Fortner is the answer at center, if Brandon Sheriff doesn't have the first year free agent, you know, slump that sometimes you see a free agent have, I, uh, you know, and and then obviously I think Walker Little's ready at right tackle. Uh, if he isn't, you have Jawan, uh, who's serviceable, and then uh, at left guard you've got either a, a very smart player but not a great athlete in Tyler Shatley, or you've got a young, pretty good athlete in Ben Barch. So I think they have some pretty good options. I think uh, Doug Peterson is is doing a good job uh, overall with the scheme. I mean, they're they're doing things. It was interesting talking to Rosher when they uh, had coaches be available, assistants and OTAs, because it's clear it's much different than what they were being asked to do. And for a lot of these guys, it seems like it it really is a benefit in terms of you know guys like Cam Robinson and, and Tyler Shatley. So uh, and 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 Barge guys that were here before. So I uh, you know we'll see if if that translates, but. I like what I'm seeing out of them. Now we just need to see as we, you know, move towards Friday's game, we need to start seeing the offense, you know, doing some things. But to your point, when you sit 16 guys on that side of the ball, uh, it stands to reason that you're you're going to get bogged down. Hopefully we do see that on Friday night. I got to believe that's going to be the case for the Lawrence after practice on Monday. Uh, did not know. Obviously he wants to play as well. Wednesday. Uh, has not committed either way. Really the same deal for Cleveland on Deshaun Watson. Uh, Kevin Stefanski said the plan is in, in place, but no one is aware of it as of yet. Um, interesting, Ben Barch, I, I thought on Monday it was his best practice yet, and I thought Zay Jones had his best practice yet. I thought Dewey Wingard had his best practice yet, although I, I still think he's the fifth safety on the Jaguars football team. Uh, it's encouraging, Hayes, that, you know, here we are, week three of training camp, and, and, and guys are getting healthy and returning. You mentioned Juwan Taylor, who returned. We've seen Jamal Agnew do a lot of good things, including running some counters uh, the other day in practice. Uh, Foley Fatakase has returned from his calf injury. So, And then we see the progression at least working on the side and, and uh, in some team drills 
uh, with no defense, uh, with, with James Robinson, Devin Lloyd, et cetera. So, you know, this football team right now, you look around the league, there's some significant injuries. This team is getting healthier as we move through camp. And, I mean, that's a that's the biggest key to the whole season. And, you know, obviously it is for a lot of teams, but I think for the Jags in particular, because when you're trying to erase two years of just crap football – uh, the last thing you can have is a year in which you, you know, are up in the top five in terms of attrition and, and lost games to for your starting unit. The Jaguars to have any chance, it's surprising us. They've got to be uh, in in the in the in the bottom five in terms of uh, games lost uh, to stars due to injury. They need to be completely healthy, uh, which is an impossible task. But they need to be as is completely healthy compared to the other thirty one clubs. Uh, is is possible to have a chance, and if if they are that, then they do have a chance to uh, to get into the tournament and be the surprise team in the league. Because attrition is the name of the game in this league. It is very difficult to withstand injuries. We saw the 2018 fall apart uh, in large part because of that, and uh, and this team just can't sustain it. I mean, if if they lose four or five guys, uh, you know, of significance, they just they can't overcome that, uh, and so. When you look at it, they're in a really good place right now. Uh, hopefully that will continue. Uh, yeah, I mean, Devin Lloyd, James Robinson, you have to like you know, where they're headed. Uh, it's good getting a, even a player like C.J. Beathard back. You hope that he never has to take a regular season snap, but, uh, you know, but, but he is, to me, so much further ahead. Luton really, I thought, didn't do much to distinguish himself uh, in the Hall of Fame game. Uh, Bethard comes back into team yesterday and uh, and really plays well. Shows off the accuracy that that he has that he brings to the table. So um, yeah, I mean it's you know right now it's a pretty healthy team. I agree on Zay Jones. Uh, he has really opened up my eyes. That was that was the signing that it was like what you know really you're not going to resign DJ yeah. Chark and you're going to go pay Zay Jones. You know that was one that I thought was a head scratcher. But seeing Zay Jones work day in and day out, he has been consistent. He is he brings speed. He brings pretty good size, and uh, and he is a real sound technician when it comes to running routes and uh, and effort. Uh, he he is not a diva guy at all, uh, and uh, and really none of them are. But but you know, but Zay Jones strikes me as somebody that really might play his best football in Jacksonville. That that might be a, a really savvy signing by Trent Baalke. Because uh, he looked sensational yesterday, Christian Kirk. We know what what he's capable of doing, and and he's played well in practice since he arrived. But man, to me, there's starting to become a pretty sizable gap. I think between Zay Jones and Marvin Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree. And he brings a lot of juice, man. I mean, you mentioned that you know he's not a diva or he doesn't have an ego. I mean, it's amazing. It seems like after every play that a wide receiver makes, he's he's a cheerleader on the sideline. And, and, and I think that it's important to have some guys like that on the team. Yeah. I mean, right now, and you know, Treadwell to me is solid, but I, I just haven't seen a lot out of Marvin Jones jr. I haven't seen a lot out of Treadwell in the last couple of, uh, of practices. I'm going to get an opportunity tomorrow uh, to talk with uh, Juan Winningham, who unfortunately didn't get much burn Last Thursday night, he only had one reception, but he's been a guy that's looked really promising so far in camp. So, you know, we'll see if he gets a little bit more active coming up on Friday night. Uh, let's get to the defense. You have absolutely fallen in love with, with Trayvon Walker. <laughs> and, you know, we saw his skills 
Uh, just comment there. And, and also a guy, you know, back to Trent Bulky, despite all the criticism, we talk about the one-year show-me deal for Evan Ingram. What about the one-year show-me deal, only $4 million for Arden Key, and he showed that he can move all across that defensive line and could possibly end up being a force there. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and obviously Trayvon Walker is somebody that, you know, from the first practice of OTAs or bookie minicamp, it was like, my God, this guy it physically is just different than what we're used to seeing here. And uh, if, if he can play with some, you know, if his, if his instincts are above average, the Jaguars may really have something. Well, so far, so good. I mean, he, he's got one game now under his belt and he has a sack. And if he does that for the rest of his career, everybody's going to be thrilled uh, in Jacksonville and he's going to find his name up on the uh, stadium one day. And, and obviously it's just one game. I'm being facetious, but, but it was great. I mean, he had two outstanding rushes. One, in, unfortunately, I thought was a, a weak call on the roughing the passer. Uh, you know, but, yeah. but he was there. I mean, he beat his guy. He was there. He affected the quarterback. Uh, it's just unfortunate that his hand got into a place where the ref, you know, felt the need to throw the flag on it, but it was a good play. And uh, and again, had that been a regular season game, if that's the opener and that's the first play, now Carson Wentz knows for the rest of the game, I have to worry about where 44 is. That's a win for the defense. Even if you have to give up the 15 yards, uh, that would that's a win for the defense if for the rest of the game, the quarterback has to worry about where is that guy coming from because he got on me pretty quick. Uh, and then his second rush was uh, was outstanding as well. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, rave uh, debut performance, I thought, for Trayvon Walker. And Arden Key, I mean, really like uh, what what he brought to the table. Now, you know, I've bashed Caleb on Chase on. I'll give him credit because I felt like he moved the quarterback on, certainly on one of Key's sacks. And, and on the other one, I thought he played a, a pretty good role in that one as well. Uh, but Key was able to finish the play and uh, you know, I, obviously we weren't able to be there uh, for Sunday's practice because we were coming back from covering uh, Tony Baselli's enshrinement. But, you know, in talking to our buddy Mark Long uh, from the AP, he said that Arden Key got after the defense. I mean, just was MFing them uh, after the practice. And, and, and they performed pretty well. You know, in goal line, they held the offense out uh, in that period where they went live. But I like that. You know, we've talked about it for years, Rick, that lack of edge, that lack of nasty, uh, it, it is just it you just it, you just couldn't find it here. Uh, you know, since 2017, it just has not existed on yep. either side of the ball. And uh, I like the fact that Arden Key stepped up. He 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 probably felt like okay, I've shown them what I can do. It's a preseason game, but I just got two sacks. And yeah, I'm not getting paid you know huge money here. But this is a young team. There's a lot of guys that you know there's there, there's most of the guys aren't making big money here there's really only about four or five guys that are making substantial cash and on the defensive side it's you know it's it's not many guys at all so i like the fact that arden key kind of wasn't happy with where the practice was going he's seen it he's seen what a high level practice looks like in san francisco and he called him out and said this isn't good enough and i uh, i think you have to have some of that so i uh, i'm excited about arden key i'm excited to see if he can continue to build on it because he doesn't have to be a guy that goes and gets nine sacks. If he gets six and a half sacks, that's going to be a fantastic contribution from Martin Key this season. Yeah, and, and the team is really begging for leaders right now, especially on that side of the ball. And You know, I look at Rayshon Jenkins and I look at Shaq Griffin. They're, they're pretty vocal, but they didn't make enough plays last year. I, I don't care. You know, I just referenced Zay Jones about how he talks. Okay, 
it's one thing to talk. It's one thing to do that. But it, you're only going to be respected in this league if you make plays. And you go back to that 2017 defense. I mean, you had so many alphas. You had guys who led by example, uh, certainly with Calais Campbell. You also had guys that were incredibly vocal, like Aaron Colvin, like Unique, uh, like certainly Telvin Smith. And, you know, I think that's kind of been lacking uh, here a little bit. So Arden Key's a guy who showed a lot of different things. I, my guess right now is that, you know, Walker and Allen, when they're in nickel, are on the edge, and then it's Dewan Smoot and Arden Key, uh, Arden Key in the interior. And, you know, this team only had 32 sacks a year ago. Granted, teams did run the ball against Jacksonville more than they passed it because they had leads, but uh, there is an opportunity for this team to really turn that around. Uh, I was disappointed somewhat in the off-the-ball linebackers. I, I had really promoted – Shaq Quarterman uh, is a guy that I thought was having a good camp. He looked faster to me. I've always looked at him as a two-down linebacker, a guy that you could plug in against the run but really doesn't have any coverage skills. Boy, he was out of place. He wasn't disciplined. Uh, just his overall fits defensively was uh, alarming to me. And, and obviously this football team – uh, we'll have a Lolicon and Lloyd in there once the regular season begins. But I thought he struggled. And then Chad Muma is a guy that probably got the most unusual, um, you know, remarks. And uh, some said he did very well. Others are like, what are you kidding me? This kid can't play. What a missed pick. Um, yeah, obviously, it's way too premature to make those comments. But, you know, it was an up and down first game as well for Chad Muma. So, those backup linebackers, um, a lot of pr – not pressure, but it, it would be nice to see them perform better coming up here on Friday night. Yeah, it was a really disappointing outing. Now, is that because they were only in pads twice before? I mean, that certainly could be. Uh, but they did not play well. Shaq Quarterman didn't play well. Chad Muma didn't play well. Uh, you know, Muma early on looked like athletically just completely outclassed from a power standpoint. Yeah, there was one play where he got blocked like seven yards into the end zone on a touchdown run. Um, you know, but uh, and Chad Quarterman missed some tackles. Uh, you know, hopefully that's just you know Chad Muma again. It's coming from Wyoming. Uh, even a, even in a preseason game, this is going to be a lot faster than than that level of football. Uh, so Chad Muma to me gets a pass because the lack of physical practices leading into that game. Uh, but but much more will be expected of him. Uh, for Shaq Quarterman, yeah, it was disappointing, and, and you hope it's just that he's not in football shape yet from a hitting standpoint. Uh, but again, I, that just might be what he is. You know, he just at this level, uh, you know, might just be a you know a, a substandard player. And uh, you know, I, I think he's he's got a lot to prove. He's at the time of his career where this should be it. You know, and and, and again, this should be it in terms of being a capable backup because that's the role he's going to have. I mean, he's in barring an injury. You're not going to see Shaq Quarterman on defense very often. Now, you know, he might be a four-core special teams guy and stuff like that, but you know, obviously it's Aluakon and it's Lloyd. It's going to be their show, and they're never going to leave the field unless, unless they're hurt. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought it was a, a tough night for those guys, and uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, it's, it's, it's how much progress can be made in a week. You know, that I don't know. So I'm not really expecting them to, to come out and be the sharpest tackling team and the most physical team. Uh, Friday against the Browns either. But again, the key is, and, and this is what I keep coming back to with Doug Peterson, 
uh, and the difference between him and, and what we've had, uh, certainly what we had here last year, is he gets it. He gets it. It's it's not how good are we on August 9th. It's how good are we going to be on September 11th and moving beyond that. So I, you know, I, I would expect improvement, but I also think it's it's going to be a process because they were so woeful physically in the Hall of Fame game. I think not by design. You never want that. But I, I just don't think Doug Peterson structured his training camp to really be ready for a live game in Canton. I just I don't think that happened. They'll be a little bit more prepared Friday. They'll be much more prepared for Pittsburgh. And then, you know, against Atlanta, they're they're going to be ready, but they're not going to play a lot of guys if they play anybody of consequence at all. And then uh and then you're ready to rock against Washington on September 11th. So, I I like the way it's going. I'd like to see improvement and uh I can certainly give those guys a pass for uh how bad it looked at times, particularly stopping the run against the Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders, by the way, have some really good backs, and they were they were a much better prepared team with the extra week of training camp, and certainly a more physical team. And also, it's, you know, listen, um, there was no game preparation. Uh, they did not prepare for the Raiders. They didn't look at any Raiders film, and you know, I we certainly I don't believe we saw anything in practice this week that said that they're. Uh, preparing for the Cleveland Browns. I don't know if they're going to do some classroom work on that and maybe introduce it on Wednesday. They only have one more practice this week. They're off on Tuesday. They're off on Thursday. Then, of course, uh, they will play on Friday. So that is going to be interesting. All right, coming up on Friday night, uh, I think this is an important one uh, in in a lot of circles. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, will he play? Deshaun Watson, hell. I mean, I I absolutely want to see him play. Why wouldn't you want to see him play when he's out there? He's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, and that can only be a a great opportunity for this defense uh, to go up against one of the better quarterbacks. So very interested in, in what the approach is going to be on Friday night. We're all trying to figure it out, but I, for one, believe we're going to see most of the starters out there, maybe for a couple of drives. I'd like to see it for an entire half. What do you think is going to happen on Friday? I think Doug Peterson's going to go with about uh, 10 to 15 plays, that kind of script for the for the important starters. Uh, there could be some starters, the young guys that stay in for an entire half, but I think guys like Trevor, Josh Allen, Cam Robinson, uh, you know Travis Etienne, I, Christian Kirk. I think you're looking at probably about ten to fifteen plays now. You know Doug Peterson's been aggressive. I mean he started the entire secondary against the Raiders, so clearly I I think they're, that unit I think is going to get a, a long look because he really wants that communication to be as tight as possible for the opener. But uh, I would think yeah I would think ten to fifteen snaps, but. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Doug Peterson took your approach, Rick, and, and went a little longer because he just seems to be a guy that, you know, it's like, hey, we've got to get ready to play. Yes, injuries are a concern, but I, I've got to get them ready. And so, yeah. uh, you know, I, I would be surprised if uh, if you see a lot of healthy scratches in this one. Yeah. Time will tell, but it will be interesting, uh, no doubt, uh, coming up on Friday night. All right, as we uh, as we say goodbye, I got to bring it up right now. My my favorite Jacksonville Jaguar is EJ Perry. Are you kidding me? <laughs> the guy got two hundred and thirty thousand dollars guaranteed. Uh, the former BC product who went to Brown, he was cut. Uh, reportedly got an injury settlement, so I got to believe that's even more cash. 
And now he's back with the Jaguars. They say goodbye to Kyle Sloter. So Perry is back. Um, you know, this guy's got no chance of, of playing this year on the Jaguars. I, I got to believe that he's got an opportunity to possibly win that practice squad job. But, I mean, what's there not to love about E.J. Perry? It's, uh, it, it's, it's a great country. And he's taking full advantage <laughs> of it. Um, yeah, it'll be. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, you know, this this move and bringing him back because I I didn't think he was overly impressive, but I guess it just speaks to you know to what's out there. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's he's certainly you know it, it. One good thing is obviously he's been in meetings. He's familiar. Uh, they probably you know, pro- part of that allure was hey, we know we can play him cl- against Cleveland Friday, and he'll at least have some idea of what we're trying to get accomplished and, and the concepts of our of our playbook. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think he'll be here for a couple of weeks and uh, get some free meals and a little bit of cash, and then he'll probably be out the door. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, listen, this organization is saying that if you stink it up, you're, you're gone. I mean, they think about Amidas, uh, the kicker, after he struggled, and then Slaughter again last week. They bring back E.J. Perry today. So I kind of like the way things are going uh, as far as those two transactions. Let's thank our sponsor, Hayes. Yeah, appreciate John Spicklemeyer. Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency can help you out with your car insurance. Let him take a look at your policy. Give him a call at 471-7155. If if John can't help you, if he can't save you money, he's going to look at your policy and say, you've got a good one here. There's not much I can do. Uh, But have him look at it because he might be able to save you some money. You might be paying for things you really don't need to be paying for anymore, uh, particularly if it's been a long time since you've even looked at at your current policy. So again, Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. Give John a call, 471-7155. All right. Sounds great, Uh, folks. This is Death Taxes and Duval. If you want to reach out to us, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, You can get me, Baloo, B-A-L-L-O-U, 1010XL. Hayes, how do the listeners get you? Yeah, please reach out at Hayes Carlion, H-A-Y-S-C-A-R-L-Y-O-N. Hope to see you all out there Friday night, the home opener for the Jaguars, 7 o'clock right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM against the Cleveland Browns. Hey, see you out of practice tomorrow. Have a great week. You too, Rick. Look forward to it. And we will talk with you next time right here on Death, Taxes, and Duval.